It's not like we've done 170 of these. Each Sunday night. Really? 170? I'd watch the practice. Tell them to check. None of my friends. I turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week. That's absurd. That Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Barney. If you heard my offhand joke saying we've done 170 episodes, actually, we have exactly 170. Wow, okay. All right. Nice, I guess. Cool. This is 171 today. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which... Uh, me, I'm Keith Varney. I talked to my old buddy, Mike and Deglio, about True. David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are up to season eight, episode 15. It's a big day today. We have a whole bunch of stuff to do today, including, uh, I'm getting in the car, and I'm going to come see you and Jen do your show this very night. I'm so excited. How you doing, Mike? I'm excited too, Keith. I have to say, it's this show's been a journey for a lot of reasons. Uh, some have been, uh... They, some have been good, some have been bad, but uh, I'll say this. What I didn't remember, well, I'm going to wax a little philosophic here. What I didn't mm. recognize when we entered the pandemic, we were all kind of worried about our health and safety. And then as things kind of, at least in our, our privileged corner of the universe where we're able to access vaccines and, and, <coughs> and right. be a little safer and, and get COVID and, and be okay and all of that stuff. I never want to make light of the scenario, obviously. But uh, it was, as we start to get back into the idea of performing on whatever scale, I guess I didn't realize that creativity, not, perform, not just performing the, the hard skills, but creativity is also a muscle that when not flexed, when the guitar <laughs> stays on the wall, when you're not like reading or doing, it is, is, gets a little uh, atrophied. And so, you know, I've been privileged in my performing career to sort of I never really hit the big time, but at least uh, perform on bigger stages with bigger budgets. And this experience, as you'll see tonight, Keith, is real low budget and real black box, like small scale. And it forced me, because I have the sort of nuttier, nuttiest track in this show, like my character right. kind of off the wall, to really either play it real safe or go 800%. And uh, it was tough to ramp up because of that atrophy we talked about, but I think <laughs> I think I've gotten pretty close to that eight hundred percent. So I'm excited for you to see me act an absolute fool tonight, and I'll be sure uh, to uh, to give you a thousand. So uh, here's here I, I think everybody in the world knows what's going to happen now. Mike, you know what I what I'm going to need from you? What's that? In Massachusetts, in Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. That's a guarantee. Goddamn tea. If you don't get notes from the stage manager after your performance, 
uh, before the final show in the I've run. actually sort of, sort of subtly been getting, like, not notes, but, like, on the road to notes. Uh, <laughs> basically things like, you know, because we have an assistant in an ASM who's helping with some stuff, and the, the stage manager will say things like, my assistant's asking me when I'm going to reel you in, and I just keep saying we got to give him a long leash. And I'm like, that feels like a tacit note, but... It's not an official one, so I'm going further. <laughs> uh, no, it's, juxtapo- it's juxtaposed too, Keith, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of the younger members of the cast, I'm going to try to be, are not quite as competent and they're this early in their career, so they're only giving you, they're not going to the 800. Now, uh-huh. C- C- former CEO Jen is also mm. uh, having a time. So uh, I, I hope to get some massive chewing from both of you. Otherwise, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, you just wait. You just okay. wait. I'm even okay, going to see if I can like slip in an oops or a DS9 reference somewhere <laughs> just to just, just to prove to just how wildly unprofessional you are. I love it. Yeah. Which uh, oh, uh, does that need proof? <laughs> I'm not sure that needs to be proved. <laughs> With all of this, uh, uh, all of these things that we've, um, we're going to show you some more clips this yeah, week. Yeah, where it all began. The, where it the all Genesis. began. Oh my God, that's. Uh, I'm excited about that. I'm very excited to see the show. But we were trying to figure out, Keith, is the last time that we cohabited the same oxygen sphere when we got when you and Jen got mega drunk on boxed wine on the beach? That's the last time I've seen Jen. I have, but I, you came oh, to the I came house. Oh, I see your once. house. Yeah, yeah. You came right. to the house once, but but yes, no. The the last time I saw Jen, we were uh, enthusiastic uh, with the box wine, <laughs> and the bike ride back was entertaining. <laughs> God. And we drove. Uh, we're like, okay, have fun on the bike, Keith. We're gonna drive. Well, that's because you, you know, you don't drink much. Jen, neither Jen nor I should have been drinking or should have been driving anything. The the nope. bike itself was was pushing it. But uh, nonetheless, we all got back and all of those things happened. All right. So we have, a, 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 a once again, a really big and exciting show today uh, because we have more clips from the Titanic tour that we did together. But before we do that, Keith, we... Keith, can you yes. subtly... Because I didn't look up the music. Yes. Could you potentially spoil the song we're going to listen to later so that I can look it up before we get there on air? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have clips from all three. For three more like clips tech, from Titanic. Text me or something? Yeah. So we have clips. Is, that uh, Is it that same song? No. Is it hey ya again? No, 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 no. Yeah. If it were if it were hey ya, I'd say hey ya. It's just called but... a song called yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> That's not gonna get me very far, but I'm gonna try. Look, we did a, we did our little. Uh, who's on first? It's uh, it's it's okay. It's fun. I'm switching over to the Titanic clips now, Keith. Yes, let's go over to the. Well, no, before you do that, oh, <laughs> this is <laughs> if you're not a Patreon, you should check this out. Uh, no we have we have to tell people how to uh, communicate with us and complain about all this and support the show Mm -hmm. uh first off for free for 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 no monies at all you can email us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook and instagram at out of practice podcast but 
If you would like to join the ranks of our incredibly generous and supportive patrons, you can do so at patreon.com slash K and M spell out the and, uh, and get all sorts of fun stuff. You get bonus episodes, you get AMAs, you get watch alongs. You can watch what we're doing right here. Uh, as well as Mike watching Deep Space Nine and maybe us watching an episode of Next Gen, which you dropped today. Very exciting. For all. Uh, for all. I dropped it for all. So even if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com. for all. We're trying. We're selling and, something. I know we are, but people need a taste, Keith. They got to get a taste of they, it. I don't think they do. They do. The, the, they're if already If you could do here. us a favor, though, if you're not... Since I didn't put it behind a paywall, if you're not a patron, please consider subscribing. And if you decide not to subscribe, could you just not tell anybody about the blatant copyright infringement? Yeah, no, don't yeah, don't call it Paramount, please. Anyway, that's all we're asking. We're not even so asking for your money. Oh wait, fine, we are. We asking are hundred percent asking, and and but we would like to thank those fine patrons who have not yet called Paramount on us, including Cloud Lover sixty nine, Cloud Lover sixty nine, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, Brian Kaufman, and Casey Clark. And keep the uh, checks cleared today, so at least nobody hit and run. No, uh, no hit and runs this this month. Very, uh, very excited about it. So thank you very much. And it is now time to hop over into the time machine and do a segment we call This Day in the Basement. And boy, do we have another amazing basement segment for you this week. Let me get to my scene. Oh, boy. So oh. we have... Oh, God. So... We have some more clips from Titanic, um, but before I play them, Keith, let me just I think give I'm you... infringing on my uh, on the on the the what do they call that the uh, the order of protection. I don't think I'm with, allowed within 50 meters of this person. Oh God, no! I, huh, so the, our Titanic tour over the course of these two weeks, because there was two weeks before this episode, would you believe we're done? It's over. We we continued in Rio Grande, Rio Grande, Ohio, Cambridge, Ohio, Blacksford, Virginia, Pound, Virginia, Morgantown, North Carolina, Somerset, Kentucky, and then we went home. Uh, real short tour, but we we definitely we hit a regular tour's amount of cities, uh, but we just did it in two months. Um, but uh, a couple of things that I realized because in the emails, in the emails, I found other emails. I found uh, that on this tour, I was reminded <coughs> that I wrote a musical on the bus. I wrote the first draft of a, uh, a musical entitled The Carvers, which uh, has never seen the light of day. No one has ever seen it, read it, or listened to it uh, because but it's not good. Today, we're getting the first clips, we the are world most... premiere of The Carvers. No, no, we're, no? we are oh, certainly not. Okay. We're certainly not. But I did find an email I because, remember, my laptop got stolen. But uh, but I my roommate Mike's not you the other Mike uh, lent me his laptop on the bus and I uh, typed out the first draft of the book at least Mike Co and Kalita Kreutz oh Michael Kreutz oh God what a lovely human being I think a lovely human being is such a great way to describe him talented responsible nice guy uh, lovely human being Mike Kreutz what's up buddy uh, anyway. So I did that. Also, I have uh, I had a picture. I didn't load it, but uh, this was the first time 
that uh, the universe tried to queer eye me. So Ricky and Dan took me to the mall and tried to fix me. And uh, they tried so hard. But sadly... Ricky, you can see on the, uh, the this side of your screen over here. Well, and Dan behind me. Oh, yeah, there's Dan. They're all there. So anyway, so those are the things I have to do. I have one little bonus thingy after the clip that I'm going to uh, gonna read. Because it is a momentous moment here in this podcast and in our friendship, if you'd believe that. So, uh, so I have three clips here to show you from the Titanic tour, including me. Now, I, I there's there's a lot about this performance that's embarrassing, uh, including the characterization, which I was told to do. He Thank was directed. You. If I was if directed, the white bow, po- bow tie didn't give it away. Keith was directed to, to behave. This yes, way. Uh, but I would just like to hold on time out before you be, even begin, Keith. Yeah. I want to talk about, and I mean this, what I'm about to say, I absolutely mean. Uh-oh. For those of you who weren't listening at the top, we've done 170 episodes of the Out of Practice 107. podcast. 107. This is the it 171. It has been woefully less successful and woefully more successful than either of mm-hmm. us really believed at any given time. That's fair. Um, and one thing we've often joked about, but has been true, is we've kind of We've had a lot of therapy, uh, just just talk, getting a lot of talking out over mm-hmm. these and sharing memories and emotions and things. Now, Keith, what you might not remember is early, early on, maybe season one or two of the podcast and, and the show, I we had mentioned the Titanic tour because that's how we met, and you refused, absolutely shunned the idea that we would ever air what clip you're about to play. And yet, through the growth emotionally and <laughs> and <laughs> about you know and humility that has come about accepting all of our our pieces from all periods of our lives, uh, we're gonna get to see it today. That's what's that's where we've gone. Oh, it's behind a paywall, of course. It's behind a paywall. <laughs> First off, it's behind a paywall, and second of all, uh, what changed? Was was not the fact that I have grown as a person and and undergone so many endless sessions and years of therapy. It's the fact that I am now confident that nobody's listening. <laughs> Zing. That's true. <laughs> He's like, all right, there's a few folks. It's mostly Jen. <laughs> it's just Jen. Jen. Jen's already seen it. Yeah. Oh my God. So, uh, and and if you're watching this, what you are seeing, uh, you know, and I, and I, I hate to be so negative, uh, because like a human being was involved with this, maybe it looked. I, I I think perhaps just some pets had a bad day, uh, but the wigs in this show are some of not some of the worst wigs I've ever seen in my life. Oh, absolutely, the, the worst, worst wigs yeah. I have ever seen in my life. And I have done high school productions, community theater productions. I've been to low budget drag shows. I have like I have seen a lot of wigs in my days, now, to and be I have fair. never seen. Anything Generally, tours have what they call a wig mistress, which is an outdated term, but that's that's the term. And that's uh, someone on the costume team who is in charge of keeping the maintenance of the wigs. We didn't we didn't have one of those, so I think if I'm not mistaken, Tiffany was like given like a pay bump, and she was in charge of the wigs. But like, she didn't this have is time not to do this Tiffany's crap. fault. This is so I didn't not say it was t- her fault. I'm just saying these, these wigs. I, I don't know. Like, is is there like a like to be a fair, pet Andre wig isn't store? That bad there. It could be worse. Oh my god! It's well, not good. 
also to be fair i have the biggest head i think in human history and they couldn't find a wig that would get over my head you're not even attempting to hide your actual hair on this portion of i'm wearing it it's kind of like a baseball cap (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right well uh, uh, the wigs are atrocious so uh please enjoy this uh this moment mike let me know if you can't hear it but uh this is a uh, a small piece of uh one of my numbers in the show it seems like so much longer than a little weekend jet on a ship by ourselves on this glorious afternoon doing the latest why did they give me that co- the cool oh look at that way god song in your knees promenading along at your ease like a feather in the air are you playing that violin as a guitar? Yes, that was also part of the direction. Good God, look at Devin's mustache. <laughs> look at Devin. What is coming out of his pocket? We sound great. Where are you, Mike? I don't think I'm in this number. I think I watched off from stage right and just laughed at you. Tiffany, Jason. Oh, here's the fancy dancing section. Good God, Ricky. Even Ricky's wearing a wig for no reason. No, I think that's Ricky's hair. Is that Ricky's hair? Yeah. Go, Ricky. Have you seen Ricky lately? He looks 1,000% the same. Bastard. Jerk. Okay. Good one. Good okay, clip. so well that so that that was uh you know that was profoundly embarrassing, but uh, here here's a clip. It's not quite so embarrassing, but uh, I have to set up this this uh, this clip because this is the moment where I I think I screwed up the show more noticeably than any other performer in the entire show numerous times. And that is uh, again. We mentioned last week that this show was tracked, right? So it's there's there's no live instruments, and there is a. I, I'm beginning the song "Autumn," and I, that's me behind the piano it's there. Beautiful, beautiful song, beautiful song. Uh, but the track in our monitors on stage were terrible, so I could barely hear anything anyway. And there's dialogue over, it, and the track sort of fades out, and then we start the next track with me singing the beginning of the song, like literally on it. There's no intro. I'm just straight into it. And I couldn't hear the track fade out. I couldn't hear the track fade in. I had a line over it. And so I don't know how many times there I would, I would start the note and the track d- didn't start playing yet. So the, the, the big, the, the song goes, autumn, have I done it? So I was like, autumn, have I done it in the autumn? Or, it's it was really embarrassing every night to go out there. We tried so many different things to make it work, but it just didn't. Well, I mean, importantly, I'm in this scene. You are in this scene, so we get to watch Mike's reactions. Let's see how so well Mike stays in the scene. I was basically an extra. Out. I was an extra in every scene. It re- music retards nothing. How the fuck am I supposed to know when to start? Well done. Oh my God, you look like a conehead. <laughs> I, I think I need to go to the doctor. 
Hartley, oh, what, so a, bad. what a horrifically misshapen head you have. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a Duma. All right, Mike, are you in the scene? Let's let's watch, see if you're really listening. I think I cough on the smoke. He tells me to chill out. Every wig is terrible in this scene. Look at John's wig. Every wig in the entire show is terrible. Everybody there is wearing a terrible wig. So the piano was tiny. Keith, the reviews are in. This scene's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> God damn, you sound good, though, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so we did that. Now it's time. It's time for Mike's big scene. Uh, we're going to watch it. So we're so this is the end of the lifeboat sequence into Mike's big scene. So Now, pay attention to two important things. One, just okay. how terrible my accent is. Two... <laughs> Two, imagine this scene, okay? It's it's maybe moving if it's an actual, like, the captain of the ship and, like, a young mm-hmm, boy. Mm-hmm. But, sure, but then sure. remember, if you're not watching on the Patreon, which absolutely yeah. this is worth paying for, but if not, um, <laughs> just listen and remember, this is a grown man talking to another grown man. I'm not 14, sir. It's, All right. It's, so- it's uncomfortable, and I think, I think... Uh, that Captain Smith is hashtag canceled after this. I like it. I like it. So uh, here's the end of the, because I, I like the lifeboat scene. And I, I got to say here, I, uh, watching lots of clips of this, uh, Harold didn't have a lot to do in the show, but he did a he really good job. He was, he was really excellent. Here I was, like, 23-year-old me, thinking this was a real show. I'm, like, full crying through this scene, but I'm not even in the light. <laughs> doesn't even matter. Nobody can even see me. Keith, don't say it doesn't matter. I'm upstage in the dark, and I'm like... <laughs> whistle. Right, here. Better whistle, audience. Yeah, we got a whistle. Bellhop was very brave, Keith. I was very brave. Very brave. You're very strong. I was proud of you. Uh, all, all 20 boats have been launched, sir. Thank you. You have, you have a remarkably sunny disposition, boy. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, I'm 14, sir. 34, <laughs> sir. I was a cabin boy at 14. Do you want to make out a little bit? Are you grooming me, sir? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I was just happy to have a line. All of the lady 
ladies in first class. Oh my God! <laughs> All the ladies in first class, and that thirty-two-year-old boy. <laughs> Wait, let's. I wasn't planning to do this, but let's see us be dead, shall we? Oh yeah, let's be dead. Here's the reveal of ghost versions of all of us. I'm Ghost Mike. There's dead bellboy. Stop blinking so much. The dead light Hartley's is directly not blinking. in my face. It's, uh, they didn't put a gel on that one. They didn't put any lights on me ever. There's dead Devin. <laughs> oh, there's dead Keith with weird head. That's, but, now I have to say, watch for my costume change here. Because th this was actually kind of impressive. You take off the tux impressive. and go into what? I go back into Pittman. So here I am. We're frozen. We're frozen. Music goes. We're still frozen. We're still frozen. Some of the ghosts are moving more than others. I remember the direction of this entire show was incredibly still. Yeah. Like, there's a lot All of All right, stillness. so watch me. I'm now walking off the stage, walking faster than everybody else for no reason. There's that little kid who was really frightened to be there. Different little kid every night. Me and Ricky get up. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Things gonna go down. Josh goes Keith. down. Are you coming up on the ladder now? Boom! Hey. I'm on the bridge. So there it is. That was that was my quick change. And wow. up a ladder. It was a <laughs> delete the wig, change my costume. And the rest, as they say, ladies and gentlemen, is history. It is indeed. It's it's not it's not heroic history, but it is history of some sort. Whew. All right. Well, that was quite the segment. And you think, oh God, they they they've got to be stopped. It must be it, right? Hell no. no, 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 it's not. Because uh, here, nay, a week after we filmed that, did I get, I believe, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm fairly certain, the first ever email I ever received from my co-host, Michael Indeglio. What? Oh, I didn't yes. know this was coming. <clears throat> here it is. Uh, at the, your footer said, new Netscape toolbar for Internet Explorer. <laughs> So oh, here's a man. link to download Netscape. Netscape 3.1. I loved Netscape. Yeah. Oh, sure. That was my jam. So here's what Mike said Alta to me. Vista, I don't even, baby. Alta Vista, ask Jeeves. Uh, I didn't even, I don't know what this means. Maybe you can help remind me. Probably So he, here's Mike's first email to Keith. Hey, man, I gave you a call earlier today. We can exchange items this weekend through the 17th. I don't know what that means. Also, uh, I just searched Troop America on the net and found the site. However, now I need an address to send my video to. Can you get that from Terry? Anyhow, give me a call and I'll see you this weekend or soon after. I think it was about another plaid production. Troop America? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I, I think the I I didn't Exchange write down the items? The header. I don't. I, I, it, it. It's not as dirty as it sounds. I don't. It sounds think. dirty and or like drug related, but it clearly was not. No, not for me. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, huh. there it is. But that 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 was the first email you ever uh, nice. you, you ever sent me. And I, I just like to point out, 
we're so old. This wasn't done in a text, right? Oh, I didn't no. text you. No. I called you. I dialed a number, and you had to dial a number at that point and call me on the phone. And failing that, I sent you a email. That was uh, that's well, how we worked May, in the old like days. a couple of months. You're gonna get another email that's like, "Hey, Keith, I'm homeless." Like, mm -hmm. legitimately trapped on the street homeless. Help a brother out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that can, I, can I Can I come and live in your apartment and say I'm going to pay rent and then not pay rent? Oh, like, I would say occasionally. It's <laughs> an occasional payment. Oh, my God. All right. Well, uh, I think it is now mercifully, profoundly time. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, folks. Uh, if you didn't catch the secret code that I give gave Mike, we are listening to Yeah! With Usher featuring Lil Jon and Ludacris. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping we're listening to it. You are. You just can't hear it for some reason, Keith. I couldn't tell you why, but it, no. it is. That's all right. I trust you. I trust you. The uh, local paper, and of course, I forgot to say, this was March 7th, the year 2004. The local paper, the Free Press, said Vermont soldiers leave Fort Dix for Kuwait. Because we were uh, obviously in the middle of the Iraq War. And the top movie, uh, get ready, was Passion of the Christ. You enjoy some long torture porn. You know what, Keith? I don't think you are listening to it. <clears throat> no, I am now. Oh, you can hear it? Yeah, I can hear it now. Okay, great. This is, uh, I just want to point out that it is the... Uh, the Mandy, oh, this is uh, kind of ironic. It's a little uh, duo called the the Ma the Ma Marty Johnny Depps, which uh, yeah, they they probably are regretting that handle now. But uh, I don't know what a freaking mess. Yeah, the Marty Johnny Depps. Uh, check them out on YouTube at the Marty Johnny Depps. Marty. Okay, so uh, now you know you think. They've been talking for a half hour. They're not going to do all the stupid segments. Yeah, they are. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. The Boston Hockey Bruins beat the Nashville Predators three to two in Nashville behind two goals. Still in the from still in the league, Joe Thornton and another from Mike Knubel. Andrew Raybrock got the win in net. Meanwhile, the Flyers dropped the two to one squeaker to the Caps in Washington. Anson Carter got the game-winning goal in the power play in the second. Brashear picked up a charging penalty in a 10-minute misconduct as the game ended. I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! It's time to talk about the damn episode! Oh, golly. Guys, we are going to watch... Season 8, Episode 15, Mr. Shore Goes to Town. A uh, very exciting episode. It was written by David E. Kelly and directed by Dennis Smith, who uh, I am sorry to say this is a wrap on Dennis Smith as a director on The Practice after 20 episodes, uh, which uh, leaves us with only one important question. Uh, Mike, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know, Keith. I, I hope that, I hope that, uh, 
Alan and Tara don't do it, finally. I thought he was going to do the mom last week. He didn't do the mom. It seems like they're going to do it. I hope Alan doesn't do anybody, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. But in a shocking revelation, Keith, I think yes. we've been, I think this whole car has been driving towards the cliff of Alan is able to prove everybody in his hometown that wants to see him fail wrong and he's going to get his best buddy acquitted all the all the dealings and the payoffs and everything is going to work out but guess what I think Keith uh -huh. I think the sum of my bitch did it Oh and it's going to be like a shocking You think oh, McCreamy did it We did we got him off we convinced the wife to stick around, the mom, blah, 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 and then he did it anyway. And then how will Alan deal with those emotional fallout, Keith? That will be the next okay. challenge. That's All right. Thing. I was going to ask if you had a, a guess on who, who done did it. Well, they've set up so many red herrings that I feel now, I feel like almost it's the, the best payoff from a writing standpoint, I think, as far as mm -hmm. like character arcs goes, is for him to have done it because Alan is so sure – he like cast aside Eleanor. He cast aside uh, Jamie. Uh, he he's like tacitly let the mom pay off whomever. the The question then becomes like, how do they deal with the sort of loose thread of of uh, Betty White? So we'll we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, they put a lot of uh, put a lot of eggs in the basket. I think it's uh, it's about time to find out whether those eggs will hatch. Michael, let's do it. The Practice Seasons 8, Episode 15, Mr. Shore Goes to Town. Yes. People in Dedham remember him, and, well, I won't call him a liar, but let me put it this way. If he went out to feed the pigs, he'd have to get somebody else to call him. <laughs> I don't know what that, that means, but that's Michael Riley. I demand Burke you stop referring detective. to this man as witless. We will present evidence of the affair. You will hear from a witness who places the defendant at the scene. You will hear from scientific experts who establish This is hair, Rick Hoffman back oils, as the DA. Semen on or in the victim, all coming from the defendant. Clothing taken from the defendant's home with blood spatterings from the victim. Ladies and gentlemen, in short, the Ed evidence. Asner's back as the judge. All of it. Eyewitnesses, forensics, motive, every bit of it points to one suspect and only one suspect, Paul Nick Stewart. Nick Isn't it exciting? A murder right in our own town. A delicious kind, too. One of our own dead, one of our own charged, one of our own prosecuting, and best of all, one of our own defending, me. My name is Alan Shore. And I assure you, I'll be doing everything I can to make this proceeding all about me. Prosecution will no doubt no take surprise. delight in that, because you see, I'm a terrible person. Paul Stewart, on the other hand, is a good man, a kind one, innocent too, and they make for lousy defendants. Justice, it works better when you get bad guys, not the innocent ones. And we here in Dedham, is it time for a break yet, Judge, or shall I keep going? Keep going. We here in Dedham know all about travesty, don't we? Dedham, this very courtroom, in fact, is ground zero for one of the worst miscarriages of justice in American history. Two innocent men, Nicola Sacco and Bartolomeo Vanzetti, were convicted, where we stand, for crimes they didn't commit. A true story. Why? I looked it up. Because a police 
needed these murders solved. Because Mr. Shore, I'm going to instruct you to stick to this trial. This trial, in a way, is about a second chance for Denham. In that other case, the one the judge doesn't want me to talk about, we had Albert Einstein, George Bernard Shaw, Justice Felix Frankfurter, the Pope even, the Pope, all writing letters to Dedham, begging for justice, pleading that we set those two innocent men free. Dedham didn't do that. On August 23rd, 1927, Sacco and Vanzetti were put to death. Dedham didn't get it right. Today, we have, yet again, an innocent man on trial. This time, we need Dedham to get it right. Clearly, Alan Shore didn't listen to What Does Mike Think's Going to Happen. No. No, he did not. Fatal mistake for many. No. No, that's true. Although, uh, I, <clears throat> as of during that intro, have uh, signed up for my second COVID booster uh, tomorrow afternoon. Folks, if you have not boosted yourself after your vaccine, please do so. Uh, luckily, you know, for me, I can get it a little early because I'm fat. But mm -hmm. uh, if you're not, yeah, go, go get your boost. It's for free at your local CVS. Yeah, I'm going to uh, do that in about 10 weeks once my magic antibodies wear away. Ah, uh, smart. Smart, smart. All right, so, I, you know, it's funny. I don't have anybody to introduce this episode because they're all the there, same from last her episode. Her head was like all bashed in and mushed. We found the defendant's semen in her vaginal area. We found strands of his hair on her person. And we found his oil secretions on her person. But you, in fact, suspected Paul Stewart even before the blood and hair analysis. Keith, where do you put your yes, oil secretions? because the witness placed him at the scene. In fact, your mom. the witness placed him at the scene no. on many <laughs> occasions. We suspected the affair, and when we I first went to question Mr. Stewart, his lawyer just so happened to be there. I believe Mr. Stewart has a constitutional right to counsel, and I'd remind the court, this is United States of America. Uh, forgive me. I'm sorry, I was thinking about the old America. Sorry. Mr. Shaw, the court does not intend to tolerate your distractions. I have nothing further, Judge. I like to right. get a full, like, litigation. Now it's your choice. Yes. We haven't seen Thank a ton you, of them. And we've been on one case for three episodes. Well, it's awesome. So how are we today? Fine. Tell me, would you regard yourself as a good detective? Yes. You would. So all the evidence that exists against my client, we should figure you to have it. Well, you say a witness placed Mr. Stewart at the scene. That witness would be Catherine Piper? Yes. Would you stand, Catherine? Is this witness the heart of your detectiving? No, she merely supports my findings. The heart would be the physical evidence linking the defendant to the case. Yeah. Detectiving was great. Ah, Good call. the physical evidence. You mean like the murder weapon? Where is the murder weapon, by the way? Where is the we murder didn't weapon? Find it. You didn't find it. He obviously ditched it. Ditched it? Where? You claim you've been able to plot out the exact route and timeline. My client went from Brenda's house to church, to his mother's house, to his own house, where he stayed till morning, at which point he went to his office, and from there the police station. So where did he ditch it? We don't know. You don't know. That's disturbing. Let's turn to the victim then. Brenda Wilbur. Where is she? The body was inadvertently destroyed. But the autopsy had been completed. Gee, no body, no murder weapon. 
Well, lucky for us, we have a good detective. Objection. So let me get this straight. By physical evidence, you mean... For starters, his semen. I see. A and his semen would explain, A, making love to her, or B, killing her, or C, loading zone for passengers only? It means that he was there. But he could have been there hours earlier, couldn't he? His hairs were on her and his oil secretions. Tell me, detective, honestly, you actually found his hair samples and body oil secretions right on the victim? Yes. As she lay there dead? Yes. You're sure? Yes. Well, then, I can see why you suspected him. Nothing further. Oh, I'm curious. Did you find anybody else's hair There's or body oil secretions on the victim? Say, for example, mine. Oh, that's why he fell on her, Keith. Did you find yes. my hair and oil secretions on the... <laughs> I want a cookie. I want a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, way to get a cookie. But, you know, look, we were wondering, is that going to pay off? What's going on with that? And now we have it. He's good, and man. We, and we sort of knew that, like, yeah, that's some nonsense Alan would pull, right? Yeah, that's Chekhov's oil secretion. <laughs> a corpse detective. Chekhov's secretion. Yes, because you fainted on it. Well, why didn't you question me? I certainly had motive. I'm the one person in town she didn't sleep with. Maybe I killed her. Objection. You think you're funny? Any of your hair and fibers on her, detective? Because I helped you up after you fainted. So there was evidence of you on the victim. Detective, you led this jury to believe there was evidence of Paul Stewart and only Paul Stewart on the body. That wasn't honest. I won't call you a liar, but who feeds your pigs? Objection. Sustained. I don't even know so, what that phrase means. Yeah, Let's I was see. just going to ask you. Who feeds your pigs, suspect. How about Catherine Piper? She hated Brenda. Stand up, Catherine. Did you investigate her? No. You can sit down, Catherine. Wendy, hi. Would you stand up, please? Scorned wife? She certainly had a motive. No alibi, I'm told. Did you check her out? I'm sure you didn't. You can sit down. Thank you, Wendy. That's Colleen so many Flynn suspects. as Wendy. Let's not forget you, Kev. Stand up, judge. Ah, never mind. But you get my point, don't you, detective? You really only looked at one person, didn't you? Yo, he's Three years tearing it grade. up right now. We expected oh, better. It's some shoddy work, detective. Objection. Sustained. He's I'm very disappointed. It. Somebody's like, we could make a show out of this guy. But we could probably, yeah. It's like, we, we, like, actually having Alan Short lawyer as yep. opposed to, like, creep but around spreading oils across gonna, Boston. If he's going to be the lawyer, though, Keith, we're going to need mm -hmm. someone who can chew the shit out of the scenery and be the funny guy. If only oh. there if were only. someone. Certain uh, geriatric captain of, of sorts. Suspect. I wanted you in the room to help oh, secure Jerry. an acquittal for your husband. We do want that, don't you, Wendy? Hello. I want you to know, I don't mind being a suspect at all. It gives me edge. Catherine, <laughs> I'm having a private conversation here. <laughs> well, don't dilly-dally, dear. My testimony's up next. We certainly don't want to miss that. Get that sandwich made during the commercial break and get back for Betty White, kids. He would come to her house at least three times a week. He'd park on the corner of Milton and Toby, and then he'd walk a block. Three times a week? Yes, to have lascivious sex with her. <laughs> Miss Piper, on the day Brenda Wilbur was murdered... He was there. When? Well, he came in the afternoon, and then... Hey, he did. I saw him return that night. <sighs> Boo. Before 10. 
Objection. On what grounds? From my interview with the witness, I believe she's misspoken. No, I haven't. Could I be allowed to finish? Set, Mr. Shore. Eve, big U-turn here, you buddy. Saw him oh, we knew it was coming. At 10 p.m. Yes. On the night Brenda Wilbur was murdered. Yes. And when did he leave? Just after 10:30. And he was running like there was something terribly wrong. Now, Miss Piper, when the police first questioned you, you said nothing about the defendant being there that night. Because Victoria Stewart, Paul's mother, paid me $600,000 not to. We're dead. The mother of the defendant paid Which you $600,000. Which knew she'd already done this. And I'm but to be fair, it's kind of, it's actually really good writing because they also planted the breadcrumb earlier on when, when uh, you know, Alan Shore, I believe, actually said, not only is this a bad idea, but if it comes to light that you paid her off, it blows up your son's case. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He gave absolutely. every warning. Yeah. So ashamed to say I took it. I think that's why Mr. Shore was expecting me to lie just now. But my conscience simply got the better of me. That's why I came to you. I'm not the noblest of people. I'm obviously not above extortion or even lying. But I just couldn't lie to help somebody get away with murder. No, I can't do that. Thank you, ma'am. Good for you, Betty. She's great. And her still, her true motive is obfuscated here. Is she really right. a suspect? Is she just... Hello, Catherine. Hello. Tell yeah. me, Catherine, how do you feel about Victoria Stewart? Why, I loathe her, of course, as does everyone else in this town. Yes, and in fact, I bet it occurred to you you could get the extortion money and still bring her down by going to the police. Well, yes, that was exactly my thinking. Just for fun, could you tell us your opinion of Brenda Wilbur? She was a godless whore. In fact, you complained to the police about all the men she entertained. Tell me, did you ever recognize any of these men? I don't associate with those kinds of people. I see. So, in reviewing your testimony, you hated Brenda, you hate Victoria, and in fact extorted her. You saw a lot of men enter and leave what eventually turned out to be the murder scene. But the only one you seem to remember is my client. I guess that's pretty much it, right? You didn't see anybody commit any crime, did you? No, but I'm sure he did it. I see. By the way, when you and I said hello a few weeks ago, we shook hands. You had something on your glove. Do you remember what that was? Dog crap. Yes. Do you remember why you reached for my hand with dog stool on yours? Because. You put dog stool in a bag and left it on my doorstep. And you ruined my fleece slippers. This happened when? In 1971. So you were getting even for a Halloween prank I pulled when I was nine? Yes. You hate godless whores, and you're a fan of vengeance. I am a Christian, dear. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> that... Not that, so, that, give me that. Give me this. This yeah. is this is it. This is the recipe, right? I yeah. mean, I feel bad for 
uh, legitimately every other cast member who I've come to love and respect. But oh, are, wait, are, are there other cast members on the show? Well, there used to be. Oh, but oh, it's so funny. As far yeah. as like maybe it, you know, obviously we we know the future, but it does seem to reason that David E. Kelly here is starting to like mix with this with the with the ingredients and try to come up with the recipe because he's like, well, maybe I can, maybe we can spin this out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's watching. You know, and I, I think this is like the key to Alan, right? And the key to me liking Alan. And that is when Alan is being a douchebag in real life, I'm like, I don't like this guy. But when Alan is being a douchebag in the courtroom, I love this guy. Uh-huh. And I think that's the secret sauce is have Alan be Alan and be this pompous, ridiculous guy. Just do it in the courtroom, and then it's compelling as opposed to, like, this is weird and creepy and gross. Yeah, because his, his like, <laughs> his... his flavor is really uh juicy when highlighting hypocrisy which is really kind of fun right. in in a courtroom because it's rife with hypocrisy well um, and you're and you're also you have a you have a target that deserves it right yeah. the like you're 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 bad it's like punching up in a joke right it's like if you're if you're battling hypocrisy you have a reason to take a swing at it as opposed to I'm just going to be creepy because I find you attractive. And I think, I think that's the other element here. He's not trying to fuck anybody. Mm -hmm. He's trying to point out hypocrisy and defend his client. And he's doing it in this wildly flamboyant and fun way. But I, I think that's the secret sauce is like, like turn down the horniness by, I don't know, a hundred percent and then just, you know, have him punch up and then it's great. We love it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even need to like him really. But, no. like, I, if I like what he's doing in the courtroom, if we just, like, focus it, oh, yeah, it's a courtroom drama. Yeah, you see, right. And it, it justifies his shitty behavior. But you could verify that Brenda Wilburn was a sexually aggressive woman who got herself into situations. How would I know that? Tom, we're desperate. I may have to ask you. I'll lie. I, no, you won't. It's not in your character. You gave me. I realize that. If I had something to say that would help Paul. You do. I don't. The only thing that will come from my little admission is the destruction of my church, my parish, and me, and I won't do it. I will lie, and I'll be believed, and your case will just look all the more desperate. I may have to take that chance. You regret it. I promise you. Great stakes. And we're sort of watching Alan now that he's gotten the Betty White reveal and he knows he's fucked. Like, what is he going to burn down to defend his client? There's like, no reason to panic. No reason. The jury just heard that my mother tried to bribe a witness. Your mother did. You didn't. I am dead, Tora. She didn't try to bribe a witness. A witness who she that he saw actively a woman. bribed a witness. We still have well, she gave him the money. It just didn't, actually, didn't work. Don't handle me, Tara. You know, I realize that you're Simon here to handhold the client, but don't. My assignment isn't to handhold the client. Let me ask you something, Tara. Do you think I'm innocent? 
Yes. I can't get a read of Tara here. Is she into him? Well, I mean, I can't get a read of Tara, period. He's McDreamy, but... Paul. I have no idea who she Paul? is. It, that was Could definitely indicating that Wilson, she was like, in, that something was about to happen. Why? I'd yeah. like a moment. Or at least the mother thinks so. I do too, Keith. Mm. With Jill Clayburgh back, of course. And... Staring daggers. You and I had a certain discussion. My son has a family, Miss Wilson. Despite this temporary setback, Paul Stewart is a respected doctor and family man in this community. That is the reputation he once had and will have again, Ms. Wilson. I am confident you don't mean to interfere with that. I was actually getting ready to go home when he came in. Like, I get it, this he's dreamy, but like, 11 or so. Some Maybe a little bit earlier. Father, Only Bobby can you describe would do that. the defendant as he entered your church that questionable night? Before. He seemed agitated. Agitated. Did he say anything? He asked if he could go into the confessional. Did something seem wrong? Yes. Did you go into the confessional? No. He saw a member of the cleaning crew. He seemed to panic. And he ran out of the church. And this was on or around 11 p.m. the night that Brenda Wilbur was murdered? Yes. Thank you, Father. Here we go. What are you gonna do, this Alan? agitation, in your opinion, could it be consistent with Paul seeing Brenda's murdered body, a woman he loved, being emotionally traumatized by what he saw, something that made him run to his clergy? Yes, uh, it could be consistent with all of that. Father, Brenda Wilbur led a rather promiscuous life, didn't she? She was involved with various men, any number of whom could have come to her house that night. I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know? All he had to say was yes. You were her priest, were you not? I was. Did she not indicate her propensity to seduce men? I cannot break the confessional seal. I'm bound by canon law. Were you ever able to observe her outside the confession? Something you could talk about? No. So he just lied there. Father, may I ask, were you ever romantically intimate with Brenda Wilbur? Father, I asked you a question. I'll need to insist on an answer. Did you have sex with Brenda Wilbur? He went double down. Father, we need a response. What you gonna do, Father? Yes. Oh! I did. Alan's going scorched earth. Was it she who seduced you? Yes. And don't... Did she ever threaten to expose this? 
to bring shame upon you and your parish. No. She did not. So, not only did he expose the priest there, he just did a soft plan B on the priest. He just, you know, hypothesized that he was being extorted, so he made him a suspect. Well, he's already went down I'm the road. I mean, he already yeah. drove to Disney World. You might as well go in. Might as well ride a ride while you're there, you know? Mike-isms everything I had for 200. I've always believed life should come with the back of the treehouse. No, no. Just no. You know, you work we your whole life, land. Keith. Buy a nice house. <clears throat> yeah, have a beer in the basement. Why are we in the treehouse? Yeah, I mean, basement is sacred. As opposed to like under the bridge where you found the, Listen, like, the Playboy from 1974. <laughs> After I call Paul, I'm calling you. Me? You need to explain why you bribed Catherine Piper. You need to convince the jury Paul had nothing to do with that. I thought the idea was to distance me from the defense. And then I want to plan B the shit out of you. Possible. We had made love that That's Nice day. sound work there. Evening, really. So around six. I left, returned around... 10, after I couldn't get her on the phone. And then I found her. Dead? Yes. Then what did you do? I was experiencing panic. Panic? I'm... I was a married man, a family man. I had a lot riding in this community that stemmed from leading a life of integrity. I think I felt my life imploding. Why didn't you call the police? Clearly, I should have. There was nothing I could do to help Brenda. As I said, I panicked and I ran to Tom. Father Dugan. Yes. I went to the church, I think, I guess, to seek counsel or support. And then when I got to the church, I saw somebody from the cleaning crew and I panicked once again. I ran to my mother's. What did you do there? There's a tree house in the woods out back that I built. As a child, we talked with about you, this last week. He literally ran to it's, his uh, mother's treehouse. Hide out from the world. Church first, though. I think Church I first. There to seek refuge, then treehouse. Paul, how long Again, have you been having an affair I'm with I'm sure Brenda? he has a lovely basement. It's two years. Sure, it's finished. Do you know if there are other men in her life? I believe there were, yes. But she would never tell me because. Because why? Because she knew I loved her. Did you kill her? No. I was there that night, but I didn't kill her, and I didn't see who did. You find a loved one lying in a pool of blood. You don't call an ambulance. You don't call the police. You just leave. I knew she was dead. And as for the police, I... My family name in this town... Oh, yes, the family name. Tell me about this treehouse you built. You're into carpentry, doctor? It's a hobby. Hobby. Funny, we confiscated a toolbox in the trunk of your car. Couldn't find the hammer. The toolbox was missing more than just a hammer. It was also missing several tools. But notably, the hammer. I believe you seized several hammers from my house. None that matched that set. Look, you traced my moves that night. If I had tossed or ditched a weapon... Where's the hammer, Dr. Stewart? Your Honor, I must object to this. It's Where one thing not hammer, to have Rick? evidence. It's quite another to try to prosecute with that which you do not have. 
Well, I tell you, I have a hammer. It's a hammer of justice. It's a hammer of freedom. It's a song about love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land. Except perhaps dead of Massachusetts. What? Okay, we're back here with news the and jury bad consultant. News. Bad news first. Played by Mark Van. My focus group thinks Paul is guilty. <coughs> and the good? They love you. Splendid. Alan, we might want to think about a plea. Okay. I think not. This focus group is obviously trying to tell us something. Jamie, try to understand this. If we plead out, I don't get to give my closing, and I've practiced it, so... You need to take this seriously. Okay, everybody out now. Except Alan. I'm the client. I get to call the occasional shot. Everybody out. Now. Seems like the old days. You and I getting in all kinds of trouble. And you having the time of your life. I'm facing prison. I'm doing the very best I can. Yeah, is is, isn't that evident? Here? Because for a guilty man, I'm sure this is he's actually fucking killing it. The bet, despite the circumstances. Yeah, he was not exactly handed a great hand here, but he's. You know, it, what hand does he have to play? Right, he's he was able to lay the groundwork that the police only, uh, only investigated one person, right? That's always that's like always defense one hundred and one. They explained Two, his DNA. They explained explained the DNA. Provided that she is promiscuous. They provided possible other suspects. Right, and and laid the groundwork for two possible other at least the priest, maybe Betty White as a as an, as another suspect. So, yeah, I mean, he's done literally everything that I could Yeoman's imagine him work. doing. Yeoman's Terrific work. deal to be had. For the innocent, he would be despicably unfair. Which would you like, Paul? Good or bad? I didn't kill Brenda. I know you didn't. So let's not quit. I know it was a stupid thing to do. So why did you do it? I suppose I was afraid that my son wouldn't get a fair trial. I know how people think of me. But Victoria, if you knew your son was innocent, why bribe a witness? Catherine Piper's so biased. I was concerned that she'd paint the worst possible picture, and I... It was a bad idea, one that... Damn right. I was probably blinded a little by my love for Paul. Your love for Paul. The perception is Paul is the most precious thing in your life. Yes. As Paul's oldest friend, I've known you a very long time, haven't I? Yes, you have. When I was 16 years old, you and I made love. Several times, in fact. <clears throat> okay. Paul's like, what the f Mr. Shore, as riveted as I am, and I am, I'm not <laughs> sure this has anything to do with this trial. I'm afraid it does, Your Honor. 
Sleeping with me caused you a great deal of distress, didn't it, Victoria? As I recall, you saw a therapist, and he opined you were perhaps, on some unconscious level, not so much making love to me, but rather to Paul. Victoria, are Maybe. you in love with your son? That's ridiculous. Is it? I once asked you why you never remarried after your husband died, and your response was, you know full well why. Was that an admission to me you were in love with your son? I love my son. Squirter. The way a Big mother loves a time child. Plan B. It was never romantic love. Did you kill Brenda Wilbur? Brenda Wilbur was not only compromising your son with a sordid affair, she was not only destroying his family, his reputation, she was sleeping with the man you wanted to sleep with. That is sick. If I'm going to be accused of such depravity, I should like to consult an attorney. That's all right, Victoria. I won't accuse you of anything. So, all that compassion he had for her last episode, nope. I biffed the they're gonna bang again on my, what does my think is gonna happen? Wrong it, go. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> There's still time. Well, that was wonderful. Yeah, what does the prosecutor say here? I guess since paying off the witness didn't work out, why not a little performance? And that was just wonderful. I guess we'll leave it at, you really, really love your son. Now, Mike, I'm looking forward to that level of performance this evening. From, from you, want to plan, you want me to plan Jeff. B on stage? Defense restaurant. Ideally, whenever a crime is committed, the police should conduct an... Oh, People. wait, hold on. It's been so we long. Got, there's, there's only so many bumpers. So many more times we have to play this bumper. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, you cry instead. Closing time. For the defense, <coughs> Alan Shore. Ideally, whenever a crime is committed, the police should conduct an open, thorough investigation leading to a conclusion. In the best case scenario, the truth. But that presumes having unlimited resources, which clearly we don't. So what often happens, we pick the most likely guy and exhaust what we've got trying to nail him. That happened 80 plus years ago with Sacco and Vanzetti. It's happening here with Paul Stewart. Every year, 10,000 innocent people are convicted in this country. That's according to one study. Others say that figure is low. That's staggering. It's disgraceful. 10,000 wrongful convictions every year. Why? Mainly because juries don't insist on finding guilt beyond all reasonable doubt. When a person is killed, we want somebody convicted. It's human nature. There's closure in saying a crime has been solved. There's also safety in it. 
We like to go to bed at night thinking the bad guy's been captured, especially in small towns where we're desperate to feel safe. Please, let Paul Stewart be the guy. He must be the guy. He's not the guy. So who is? Catherine Piper is a lunatic who not only derives glee <laughs> in making the Stewart family suffer, she's she like, yes, I am. the victim as well. And she just so happened to live right across the street from her. Wendy Stewart had motive. She was angry and she's hurt. She's like, you guys begged me to come to this trial to support my possibly murderous husband, and yet I'm sitting you, here and getting accused? What the it hell? It bead like 17 times. She's like, nobody's commented on my awesome bangs. What the hell? I think if anybody the should be pissed off. trade wives have certainly been known to react with violence, and she has no alibi. Father Tom Dugan. He had illicit sex with the victim. She had a history illicit. of committing extortion. He had everything to lose. And let's not forget Victoria, obsessed with her. Keith, this has all the hallmarks of a Murder, She Wrote episode. Small town, yes. everybody's a suspect, everybody's in one place. It's like, uh, where's, we need to, we need to Jessica Fletcher this shit. Wait, wait, hold on. I think I have, I think I have something just for this occasion. Uh, cause I don't know if you guys know, but, uh, you know, Rode, uh, wrote a spoof of this. Do I, I feel like I must have this somewhere. All right, keep going. I'll find it. Son's life, his reputation his legacy, or simply obsessed with her son. The point is, people, there are many potential suspects in this case. And that would include all the strangers in Brenda Wilbur's life. We know nothing of the nature and disposition of those relationships, of the possible jealousies and betrayals, precisely because they were never investigated. Paul Stewart represented only a small fraction of this woman's life. If this jury is going to insist on finding guilt beyond all reasonable doubt, Paul Stewart must be acquitted. Nobody witnessed this crime being committed. The murder weapon was never found. Despite the police tracing my clients every step, prosecution inadvertently destroyed the victim's body before we could properly examine it. Of course there's reasonable doubt. Reasonable doubt. I love Paul Stewart, as I would Akif, despite my, what does Mike think is gonna happen? I would agree, mm -hmm. there is reasonable doubt here. I think they've gone above and beyond portraying that. Whether or not the jury will buy it remains to be seen. But reasonable doubt is a high, high bar. And specifically with a destroyed body, a no murder weapon, multiple illicit partners. I mean, it's, it is, there. I as a juror, I mean, obviously we're presented a, a summary of the case. But right, right. Uh, I think well, I'm voting not guilty. Boy, I mean, you're certainly, I mean, Occam's razor. Right, they, the the most likely candidate is is very obviously. However, yeah, I mean, reasonable doubt is a is a tough one. He, you know, it's it's not an obvious. There's not an obvious plan B, right? There's like mm -hmm. he's he's going going sort of scatter shot, but it's incredibly well defended. 
Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I don't know. Well, I think I think he did what he had to do there. Where his plan B's only had to be cursory because his 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 point wasn't there are other suspects. His point was the police yeah. investigated no other suspects. There could be multiple other suspects. These are just a sprinkling because they didn't look at anybody else. Yes, you know what? That's a very good way of of putting it. He, what you, I, I think what he is he is proven is that they have not proved their case. Yeah, there was a lack of an investigation, and that they went to one guy. And he had the precedent of that other famous case to really uh, that they they really hit us over the head with. I just want to say Spinoli, your brother. I grew up with him. It's one of the reasons I know he's innocent. He's not infallible. He had an affair. It may cost him his marriage, perhaps a respect of his children, but he did not. Paul could not take the life of another human being. He simply could not. And Alan Ives obviously believes that because he has burnt every this bridge. Surprise he, you. he really has. I loved it in Massachusetts. I grew up here. I'm offended by its legacy of convicting innocent people because I know that's not who we are. Well done. This time, let's set the innocent man free. And what's really great, Keith, I think, and this goes directly to Spader, actually, is that is that the challenge they set for him there is that there are so many layers of the onion on Alan Shore, and so many of them are facade and snark and bullshit that we have to believe in that moment that he's meaning what he's saying, right? Right. Uh, or, or let me let me let me do it backwards. I believe in that moment that he believes what he's saying. That that is earnest coming through. Right. It could easily, because of everything we know about him be seen as just another ploy. But everything that's been set up, all of the challenges, all of the hurdles, I believed what he just said. Now, will that come back and bite him in the ass? I don't know. But that's that's a heavy lift because of how uneven Alan's been written. So right. uh, that's awesome spadering, I think. Yeah, well, I, and, and it really is. Like, I still don't know what to believe. Right. But... He certainly is giving the performance of of like no for real I believe this mm-hmm. you know the 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 uh, Alan Shore is giving the performance of I really believe this I don't know if Alan Shore really does but Alan Shore is clearly an incredibly good performer as well and distinctly different from from Spader. Well, if he is if he's performing Alan, he's he got I believe him. If I'm a juror, I'm like I'm in. All right. For the prosecution. I thought the defense gets Rarely the last word. Rarely do we actually see somebody commit the crime. I think Typically, back criminal cases are circumstantial. Now, the circumstances here are that the defendant had an affair with the victim. There was evidence that she tried to extort him. He had incentive to protect his family name and his community status. His hair, fibers, body oils were found all over the victim. His semen Wait, what was, was the found evidence in the victim. that she extorted him. Blood all over remember. his clothes, 
he was spotted leaving the scene. That is overwhelming circumstantial evidence, ladies and gentlemen, and it certainly allows you to find guilt beyond reasonable doubt. Now, I suspect the defense counsel already knows Wait, that. Wait, and there was blood all over his clothes? he began finger-pointing elsewhere, everywhere. Wait, back that up. I, did oh, he hey, just give us a bunch of information didn't. we didn't have yet? Oh, beyond reasonable yeah, doubt. Now, I suspect the defense... The blood. ...body oils were found all over the victim. His semen was found in the victim. Then we knew this. Blood all over his clothes. He was spotted leaving the scene. Wait, the I think we did know that. I think we knew that, and then he said that's because he found her and like tried to see if she was breathing or something. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and that's how he explained the blood. And it, I, I, I guess, and that explains why he was leaving, which which undercuts Betty. But otherwise, Betty White's big reveal, right, wouldn't be that big of a deal, because he would have been leaving the house at 10:30, right? Because it's like, oh well, I was there and I found the body. Well, we knew that though. Yeah, we knew that part, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just missed it. The bloody that clothes. That is overwhelming circumstantial evidence, ladies and gentlemen, and it certainly they allows him you to find guilt the beyond reasonable office. doubt. Now, I suspect the defense counsel already knows that, right? Which is why he began finger pointing elsewhere, everywhere. Oh, hey, maybe an eyewitness did it. Oh, perhaps the priest. Hey, how about the defendant's own this mother? This guy's really done a great job too. And to compound this blatant attack on your intelligence, Mr. Shore buttons his eloquent closing by Rick appealing Hoffman. to your sense of justice. This lawyer deliberately fell on the body to contaminate evidence. The mother of the defendant tried to buy a witness. They staged a performance by mom to make you think that she killed the victim out of jealousy. Now, this would be funny if it weren't a murder trial, but it is. That man picked up a hammer and bludgeoned a woman to death. He's asking you to ignore that because of Sacco and Vanzetti. The police didn't explore any other suspects, ladies and gentlemen, because there are no other suspects. Paul Stewart is the man who killed Brenda Wilbur, which is why he dashed off to his priest to confess. I don't know that it's enough for me, Keith. I, I'm stuck on the bloody clothes. Jorge Phoenix, somebody smarter than me, tell me I'm wrong, and I missed it. At some point, will they send us home? Nine o'clock. He was really compelling. The DA. How many times are you going to say that? <laughs> well, I said <laughs> you were good, too. Hilarious. Thanks, Jimmy. Th th thanks, Michael. Bad. Thanks for coming in today. Do I go into custody right away? The news isn't going to be bad. We're winning. The weird sub subtext with Tara here seems out of. It seems unnecessary. But... It seems weird. Yeah. Doubt? <laughs> Did you see the jury chairs? No. Let me go back. This is kind of crazy, actually. Because you want to know what I'm doing, Mike? On my you other screen, I, I, I'm doing a different podcast. No, 
I'm going back and watching the first scene from two episodes no, ago to see there. if there's blood on his clothes. Look at those jury chairs. Ooh, ouch. Right? It's like old Amish like deck chairs. chairs. That's, yeah. It wasn't the, wasn't the chairs I had. No. When I was jury foreman. No, no, indeed. You were smug. Yeah, so I don't see any blood on his clothes. To be fair, he's wearing all black, but I don't see any blood on his clothes. In the, uh, in the scene, that it, which is not a flashback, so we're to believe that it's true. Make eye contact when it's an acquittal. No. Yes. I'm going to call also, on the foreperson to read the With that verdict. big thing about bringing Jimmy in, and I he want didn't do anything. They just wanted by him everyone, there. They, especially like, they the had media. a fist fight over it, and then Jimmy didn't have a line in the courtroom. And a foreperson, do you have a verdict? We do, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. Mr. Stewart, you we may find stand Alan up Shore for the sexy. And McDreamy guilty of being Would sexy. Would you please announce your They're verdict? They're all doable. On the matter of the Commonwealth versus Paul Stewart, on the charge of murder in the first degree, we, the jury, find the defendant, Paul Stewart, not guilty. Nailed it. it. Alan sure did. The jury's dismissed. We're adjourned. Betty, does Betty White get to keep her money? The, the priest's church is destroyed. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the, the mother is now accused of wanting to have sex with her with her son. Smoldering remains. Boo! Boo! Keith, this just in. We got a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Let's listen in. Oh wait, I'm, I blew my own joke. Uh, this just in, we got a we got a Apple Podcast joke, and I'm too far. Oh, I blew it. <laughs> the jury's dismissed. Ooh. Let's listen in. We're adjourned. Let's listen in. In a second. All right, forget it. Forget it. All right, here it is. Can't even execute making fun of ourselves. Well, here it is. No, it's not. And... <laughs> That. You went back like 45 minutes. Boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still good. Oh, we deserved it. Everybody's happy. McDreamy's dating Tara. I don't know what to say. What if the outro was just like Tara and McDreamy doing it in the in the treehouse? Either that or, or McDreamy and Spader. All right, what's the outro gonna be here? We got we got four minutes. Treehouse, nailed it. Just have two questions for you. They're having their beer. Okay. Is Tara single? Who do you think killed her, really? <laughs> In God's name, when I know. Was it me? Did you oh, really my love my mother? Oh, I did. <laughs> That stuff I thought McDreamy shat himself. Trial strategy. 
Jamie's pissed that his mom got accused. Thank you. Not that pissed. Thank you. I got a great idea. When's the last time you smoked pot? Wow. Mm. Depending on the. What's the last time you smoked integrity three decade old what are you pot? Doing? Our secret panel of the tree trunk. <clears throat> I put some good Colombian down there years ago. This just in. Don't smoke that old pot. I, it, it can't possibly be good for you. It's nailed. Keith, the fucking hammer's in there. That's why he went to the treehouse. Who's Jessica Fletcher now? <laughs> Who's the nosy bee now? He yes. had to want to smoke that pot. Don't go in there, Alan. Oh, I just broke my microphone. He got go so in there, excited Alan. about being Jessica Fletcher. Oh, I really did break the arm of this. God damn. That sucks. Oh, no. That's that, no that good. That was expensive. When I get nailed. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like an old nail. How can that one you can see in this light? When I... Now Alan Je Jessica Fletcher did. Mm-hmm. Paul, if I were to shine a light down the tree trunk, what might I see? I don't want to look down the tree trunk, do I, Paul? No. You don't. I really loved her, you know. But she didn't. I don't need to confess. We got it. I really loved her. This is an earned McTwisty twist. We, this is good because they set the pieces for the for there to be fallout for Alan. Well, and exactly, there are actual personal stakes as opposed to just like we got the case wrong. Right. And they don't have to make out in the bathroom afterwards for it to, like, be the twist. I mean, they can. They might. Wow, folks. Mike called the shit out of it. You sure did. But I will say it was mostly because they, it was written really well, and they sort of set it up for that to be the potential outcome. Um, and I'm here for it. But I'm also here... To jump right in, Keith, I didn't do a Haikoopsie this week because I was pretty riveted. So why don't, what do you say since we spent so much time on Titanic, we jump right to a special segment called... Okay, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast. I'm, I'm in focus for the first time of the, uh, of the afternoon. Unfactual Association with David Ish. Kelly Productions Ish. proudly present... There I am. Oopsie. Also wasn't the you know, I, I had to uh, readjust my camera to shoot a certain good. thing that I'm bringing good. to you today. Guesting good. Oh. And being Tom Brady. How does that mention, mean? This shoot is where we the episode. I had to shoot something now, before I bring it to hosts, you. Are we doing a live, a live episode on location? What no. the hell are the oopsies? Just giving you something. You already know what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Oh, sorry. I, I, uh, sorry, Jackie. Uh, 
<laughs> Keith and Mike have a real life conversation when the bumper plays. We forget that you can hear that. <laughs> well, Jackie, uh, the we we're, it's a fake award show that we do every week that begins with. I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, Mike, your me is better than your Obama. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's better than our Keith von Keithberg. <laughs> so MVL. Oh. Um. Well, I mean, who can uh, take a case with his murderous best friend and then get him off? While accusing everyone in town, it's Alan Shore. Alan Shore. Yeah, yeah. Th- there it is. Uh, I, I, that's a perfect musical segment. I already wrote it in into the spreadsheet. Yeah, uh, yeah Alan, you, you crushed it. You, uh, you got that murderer off for bludgeoning that poor woman to death, and also slut shamed the poor victim, and ruined a priest's career. And, uh, you know, humiliated his mother and, uh, you know, got an old lady accused of murder and accused his wife of murder. You really nailed it. Way to go. Oh, but, 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 I do want to, this does bring up, Keith, if I can steal from our other show, a wormhole in the plot for me. Mm, okay. So it's pretty clear he was, it, McDreamy was pretty, was pretty, uh, um, overt about his actions. He said, I left the priest house and I went right to my mom's house because there's an old tree house back there that mm. I used to go as a kid. And you're telling me the police mm. did not search for the murder weapon mm. in the tree house where he admitted he went. He only went two places. Alan Shore makes a big deal about how he only went two places. Mm. And they showed the treehouse a million times. They mentioned where they used to hide the weed. I mean, they were pointing the whole time. They're like, the murder weapon's in there. The murder weapon's in there. Now, I can excuse you and I for not figuring it out, but the police didn't even go and check it out? Yeah. Well, the only the only wormhole, wormier than that, which is a huge, like, uh, hello, duh. Uh, of course, the first thing you do is, is search that. Uh, but because it is so obvious that that would get searched, why would this ostensibly smart guy hide the murder weapon in his own treehouse? Yeah, that seems ludicrous, doesn't it? It's ins- it's absurd. Like I mean, let's talk about it. That seems silly I mean, like, to Billy. Uh, what if I like hid m- the murder weapon in my own basement, in my precious precious place with my Star Trek action figures? Like I'm gonna like hide the murder weapon in there? It's ridiculous. Why would I hide it in the like the no? in the place that like I have hidden things since I was 11. There it is. It's absolutely insane. Anyway, that's uh you know, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. But first, we have to adjudicate Already famous cuz you've been on TV getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. Take a cut. Um, you know, I'm gonna say Betty White, great, great, uh, thing on the scene. McDreamy was great again, but I want to shout out 
once again, the yeoman's work done by the prosecuting attorney who had to ground oh. this thing. And I think he grounded it well. I thought his clothes was excellent. I thought his, uh, they didn't make him seem chewy or bad guy e. He was just, right. Uh, I think he was very confident in his case. He was th- he was a little flustered on the stand, but even then, he still he brought a grounded performance. I think we need to recognize him, and I will do so. Though Rick I don't Hoffman. know his name. Yeah. Yeah, Rick Hoffman. Hoffman. You know what? That's a very good point because they they sort of did put up a a Shorian actor even though they didn't write the character as the typical uh character that this actor plays this actor plays usually a character kind of like alan shore very cocky very uh he's he always plays an asshole um mm-hmm. but uh he did, he did a really good job um so yeah rick hoffman well done uh however i'm gonna give mine to uh to jill clayberg again because i thought her uh she you know just had that one scene but yeah, but handled being accused of that very very well, um, you know probably deserved a follow up scene with Alan like what the fuck bro. But yeah. I think uh, nonetheless she was able to tell that whole story in that moment. So congratulations, Splitsies, Jill Clayburgh and Rick Hoffman. Uh, this one there's only one actor from our show in this episode. Mm-hmm. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case. You let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show I think Spader, as I I kind of enumerated on before, had to act through all the layers of the onion that he's developed over the course of his arc thus far and and then do two really amazing things that that seem pretty self-evident in the episode but are, are, are a challenge as an actor. One, the scene in that close where he came through the onion to really sincerely express his belief that his friend was innocent and that all the scorched earth he just left behind him was worth it. Which then becomes even more evident and powerful in that treehouse scene when they very easily could have given you the Macaulay Culkin shock and awe when he discovers the, the... that, that he's guilty, but also, but he doesn't. He plays it very, I don't want to know, very, like, hiding his, like, deep, probably immeasurable embarrassment, hurt, fear, all kinds of shit that would bubble to the surface and really gives us a sense, a, a kind of, like, shock and all, I, I don't know. It's all painted on his face. The the myriad emotion is 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 painted on his face, and it's good. And the fade to black is one of the most powerful fade to blacks we've had in practice history. Often they try to leave us with kind of an eerie, like, oh, I don't know. But this one, I think we're all feeling. And uh, and what's great is that it puts a cap on the episode. It puts a cap on this arc, but it leaves so many compelling questions that uh, I want to see if if they they handle in the plot or if they just if they just carry over for Alan. It, it pretty. Pretty, pretty awesome, and and I think Spader gives his best performance as Alan Shore this week. Yeah, yeah, you know it's it's funny. Like with all the things that we have disliked about the character of Alan, it has never been Spader. Spader has been excellent no matter what was given mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but this this really shows 
this arc in particular has shown a vulnerability from from Alan that we haven't really seen, which is very welcome, um, considering all that all that we've gone through with him. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought he was I thought he was excellent. He carries this whole arc um, and does it, and you, you can see clearly that this is a guy who can carry a full show. Um, it's it's odd. Because this used to be an ensemble show, and there used to be other characters on the show, and now it's just Spader. I mean, they might, they might as well just call it Spader. Uh, but again, I know the not tone is different. I know the tone is different in Boston Legal, but this could have been the Boston Legal pilot. Definitely, definitely. This this was the beginning of the arc for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, Spader, you did it! Hooray! The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Though I do have a question, and I don't know if we'll get there, but, like, maybe we'll, it, it, you know, me and Keith haven't decided whether, how we're going to handle Boston League and if we're going to handle Boston Legal. But we have to at least watch the pilot, maybe, because my question is, like, does he take over this firm? Does he start a new practice? Like, what is oh, the, I don't well, really know. Gonna, well, we're going to address that for sure. Um, Tom Brady Award. Um, Tom Brady's been doing a commercial uh, for the Top Gun Watch, and my question is why? Anyway, uh, yeah. how about uh, Tom Brady locked in a treehouse? Hmm. Tom Brady, who can't find his way out of his own treehouse. Tom Brady wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. All right, we've sort of been doing it as we've been talking, but uh, let's finish up with... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Guys, get sit back wherever you are, because I'm about to heap praise, which is something we have Ooh. not done in a while. Um, I, there have been few times, there have been a few arcs in the practice that have gone on too many episodes. There have been a few arcs in the practice that have been too truncated, that we mm -hmm. felt needed more examination. And then there's this little arc here, which I think is like the Goldilocks of arcs. It was just <laughs> enough. It was yeah. three pieces. They were all, I think, very well paced, very well handled. The stakes were adequately raised. Questions were 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 posed. Questions were answered, and questions are left lingering. And the performance has, and it was one case. We didn't cloudy it with anything else. The, the players were all established up front. We followed the same players all the way through. We didn't introduce new crap, right? Even the priest stuff from the very beginning was introduced. So we've had all of the pieces of the puzzle for three episodes. The only thing that, that started to uh, amp was how much destruction Alan left in his wake, uh, mm -hmm. emotionally and other people's lives and other people's stakes. I thought the performance from Alan Shore, from Spader as Alan Shore, was just chef's kiss specifically because we're so used to seeing him all over the place. And uh, if, if it were just these three episodes, I would be like, I'm all in. Obviously, there's a lot of baggage we brought into it, but I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to focus here. Uh, and as a resolution episode, I thought that this hit all of the major points. It, it did what we love, which is, like, focusing on the courtroom Go back and forth. It wasn't just Alan Allening. It we got uh, we got counterpoint. We got multiple people on the stand. 
I would say I'm a, like little lingering things. I would like you said. I I felt like Jill Claiborne probably there was a scene that we could have seen. I feel like the Betty White. I'd like to know what what really happened. Like that felt a little unfinished, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what her whole thing, but there was a lot to accomplish, right? I I would say that the Tara, there was like an element of Tara in it. Or although now in retrospect. Him being like flirty flirt with Tara, I think maybe gave us, maybe that was just like a sousson of he's maybe not the wholesome, maybe he didn't, maybe he's got a wandering guy. Obviously he does, but uh, yeah, he killed that woman though. So he sure did. Clearly the love thing he was trying to play, I really loved her, was was a lot for show. I'm sure he, uh, so I or also he killed the, her because he loved, I mean, like, he actually had feelings for her because he, he he wasn't just hooking up with her because that's not a good enough reason to kill somebody. Yeah, I'm. Sh- it'd be great to actually go back and watch his Patrick Duffy's performance now throughout. Patrick, Patrick Duffy. Duffy. <laughs> oh, the only thing that could have made this better has it had it been Patrick Duffy. <laughs> step by step, day by day. Holy crap. Oh, that's funny. That's almost as good as, uh... <laughs> oh, that's enough. YouTube. Oh, wait, we're not on YouTube. Play we're it. not on YouTube. We're doing whatever we want. Oh, my God. Oh, man, the, that scene the, where, the he, where he planned bees, Suzanne Summers. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, can, can continue. Uh, yeah. It was just... I can't, I can't, I'm trying, I can't. And they're like at a theme park, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh, Suzanne Summers. Oh, I have so many kids. Oh, man. man. What a day. Oh, we're going to play the squirt guns. Uh I stopped squirting to smile. Oh, there's the dumb kid. Uh, Remember when the the dumb one shot the bear? Yeah, all right. I think we've run the course (laughs) on this bit. Uh. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like he probably layered in. There were some probably uh, moments to peek behind the curtain if we were to go and analyze the performance all the way through uh, with, with the context of how the, of the resolution. So, Keith, my, my score, unfortunately, is not in a vacuum. I thought this episode was great. Uh, I really loved it, but I'm kind of giving it the, uh, the benefit of the setup of the other episodes, I'm kind of ranking the arc of this whole kind of mm-hmm. this uh, trilogy, and I'm excited to say I'm giving it a nine point six six spare tires. It was almost Whoa. perfect for me. It was almost a perfect episode for me. That is a lot of tires. Okay, well, you know, I, I as a three episode arc. Um, you know, I agree. It is very strong. I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's very strong. Um, obviously for the season, which we haven't been a big fan of, but I think it's very strong for the whole arc of the show. I mean, this it, had this been in season four, in season five, it would have been terrific then too. Um, so like it's, it, you're not having to grade this one on a curve a little bit. Um, so I thought, it, I thought it was excellent. I loved things. I loved spending the whole time on one case. Right, having the whole arc 
be about one case. Have it be self-contained, right? So we're not sort of bouncing back in and and bifurcating your your inform your your interest. The casting, excellent. You know the, the the casting from top to bottom. You've got Betty White. You've got McDreamy. You've you know you've got uh, Joe Clayburgh. You've got Ed Asner. Like what a what a great group of uh, actors here. So I really liked all of those pieces. I I kind of liked going to a different location. You know, seeing some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that was great. Spader's performance was great. Um, you know, however, for me, the the wormholes in the plot there do stick out, right? Because, uh, you know, again, we're working back to the twist, right? We got to figure out how to how do we find the murder weapon? Where is it? We've got this location we built. It's a little it. Uh, the more you think about that, the more is like, ugh, it does like it's a it's like a like a stone in your shoe. Because I feel like with the rest of the execution of this being so well done, you've gotta think of a better place to put that hammer. Right? And and there's gotta be it it's it's like there's a I was watching a BMI class and it was just like, All right, this is great. Now sit down, boil yourself a pot of coffee. And come up with a better solution for this. Well, okay, hold on. Let's do that. Okay. Um, so uh, first, I would probably, I would probably pitch that. Do we have to? Do we have to find the hammer? I think it's he's intelligent enough. We've established that he could have ditched the hammer successfully. So maybe the question Definitely. isn't does he find the hammer, but how can we get the information to Alan Shore that he's guilty without having to reveal the hammer? Right. That's really the question. Right. Right, you know, and the yeah, the murder weapon of it all. So I, I think you you do one of two things, right? One, obviously, you change how he discovers the hammer. You you, you change the reveal. Alan figures it out through some other way. Uh, he confesses it. You know, now that it's done, like I need to tell you, I got to unburden myself. Or you change the reason that he kept the hammer. Mm. Right. So maybe it's a trophy. Maybe it's a memorial. Maybe he's a. Maybe he's like a. Needs to prove to himself that it was real. Maybe it was guilt. Maybe it was whatever. As opposed to, I'm a intelligent. I, like I have an. I have a, a a doctorate, and I've decided this is. I think the smartest place to hide this. If you're going to put it away in your childhood thing, like you have got to have a better reason for it than that was your best. Do you want to know what I thought was going to happen? Mm. I had a pretty strong feeling that this is how the resolution was going to come because it just makes the whole arc make more sense. If he right, just of gets course. off and he's, uh, then it's like, it's very easy. It, but it was clearly they were leading to like- There'd be consequences for Alan yeah. burning the But town. Right. I thought, because the other thing they had mentioned a bunch is that they used to hide weed in here. So yes, I thought we would get this scene in, this, in the treehouse where they're smoking weed and maybe McDreamy says something as he's high or something. Yeah, that he makes a mistake. Makes a mistake. And we don't get a confession because I always find that, like, if you murder somebody and you're trying to hide it, why confess? Even with lawyer, why do, I would just take it to my grave, right? Like, why would you right. confess it? Um, so maybe he says something, mistakes, and Alan, we get the, the close up on Alan where he's like, oh, fuck. And that's all you need, right? Like, trust right. that your audience is smart enough to, to play it out without having to hit them over the head with a hammer. Right, yeah, so to speak, yeah, and and also like, so you, you've got this childhood relationship. You, I, I think there's there's more to be mined from that, mm. 
right? That maybe uh, instead of um, hiding the hammer in the treehouse, they had some like they he repeats a childhood thing, right? That he, oh, he like a stole a whatever when they were thirteen, and like you know, it's it's been an inside joke with them the whole time. I can't believe I got away with it because I stashed it in the whatever, and then it sort of comes up again, and just like. Yeah, I remember when that worked. Yeah, I can't believe it worked again. Again? What? Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Um, yeah, okay, it was contrived. It was a little contrived, for sure. It was a little contrived. So, like, that that part, I was like, it, it just needed one round of rewrites. You've got a writer's room, right? You've got a table of smart people. Sit down and say, like, here's what, we're, here's what we need to get to. Here's the thing. Come up with a better better reveal for this. Come up with a better way to 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 do this. Um but I, it's 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 a nitpick, but it's not really a nitpick because it, it, it really does for me. The logic of it, the logic of it needs to hold um, because the rest of it is so strong. If the rest of it wasn't so strong, who cares, right? But the rest of it was so strong, I want the logic to hold. The last thing I'll say, um, where's Jimmy? You know, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, right? We the last episode we had this huge scene, right? Where he needs to bring Jimmy in, but he's been antagonizing him the whole time. Jimmy takes a swing at him, right? It's a big deal. They they bring up uh uh slipping Jimmy, no, not slipping Jimmy, uh the grunt, Jimmy the grunt, yeah. right? They 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 do a callback, they have the scene, the physicality to it. So Jimmy being there is set up to be important. And then he's literally has no lines. It's yeah, not. No, I don't know that I, I, I can accept that only because they made a very dis- clear distinction it before the fist fight. The fist fight was more because of just his constant berating of him. Right. They made a distinction that the focus group just needed a blue collar white guy there. They didn't, to offset Alan's kind of smugness. They didn't say he needed to be a part of the trial. They just needed him literally to be physically sitting well, there. Right, but you but you need him to talk at some point, or you have Jimmy make the point like, uh, you, you brought me here, I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Or you don't have the jury consultant who made this huge point of like, they hate you because you're smug and you're rich. You need to have Jimmy come in. You need like, you know, a big fat Catholic dum-dum, right? And then the next episode, what do we hear from the j- same jury consultant? They, they love, love you. you. Yep. Maybe he decided so, he did, well, I don't need Jimmy then. Uh, maybe, but it's like if you're gonna make you're gonna lay all that track, right? Yeah. You got you got to have the train go down it mm-hmm. and and fill that idea. So anyway, the monorail, Keith. You mean the monorail? Monorail. I've already monorail. I made the Disney reference before. We got to stick yeah. with the analogy. No. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Consistency is our thing. Yeah. Uh. All right. So yeah. Um. Okay. Tires. I, 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 I really like this arc. Uh, I thought it was really strong. I think it almost rescues the season sort of a thing. I don't think it's a 9.6 for me. Um, I'm going to give it a... It's going to lose half a point for the logic, just flat out. So you're going to get an 8 point... Uh, 8.9. Okay. Hey. 8.89. Very good. Very good. Um, excellent, really. But just not perfect. So, uh, yeah. So, speaking of not perfect, uh, let's take it home. So, folks, thank you for listening to the Out of Practice Podcast. If you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com 
or on social media at Out of Practice Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. We'll happily read it. Mike, tell us about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash K and M spell at the end. There's lots of fun bonuses there. You can see us jam into this tune. You can see me watch Deep Space Nine. You can see a bonus AMA. You can see bonus Keith and Mike watch various things. Uh, and it helps us offset the time and effort we put into the podcast. If you're able to, please do. If not, there's other ways to help. You can like or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or even better yet, watch our other shows. We're playing with toys. We're watching Deep Space Nine, which I swore I would never do, and I'm doing it. And love yeah. every second of it. Uh, but uh, if not, as Keith said before, mask up. This thing is still happening. We appreciate your support. Keith, I'm excited to see you later today, buddy, and shake your hand That's in right. person. And Woo. until then, folks, find your best friend, sneak into a treehouse with them, open mm-hmm. up your secret stash, and pull out those laser sounds. Laser sounds. It was the murder weapon the whole time. <laughs>